0: Welcome to the Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, Pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week I have none other than Super Pack CJ Johnston from the Player One podcast joining me today to cover the news, some of the speculation that we have, some Sea of Thieves seasons that we're gonna be talking about. But the big thing is, is we're gonna be talking about different modes we wanna see. Come to the seas. All that more in this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. But first, let's thank the patrons who are supporting me through patreon.com forward slash Podcast. They are the ones getting the ad-free show. They are the ones getting the call-outs on the show. They are the ones getting access to the special Discord channel. If you want to chat with me at any time, you can always do so. But they are thanking me with their support, and I am continuing to make content for you and for them. So thank you to Chateau Neuf, Cosmic Johnson, El Jefe Esteban, Gingerbeard, Trickster, Jabbar, Four oh five, 5, Kazia the Rogue, Lumpy SRQ, WW Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox, Mike 29, Munchie, Registella, Stella, Russ Bell Kid, TN Professor, Vibralux, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Super Pack, Davrom TV, Fergatron, Skinny Matt, Straw Hat, Connor, Windsor, Chris, and Zam. Wow. Thank you all so much for your support. It means the world to me, and it doesn't, it doesn't take much, but it really does help out the podcast. So thank you so much. I love you. And let's get into the interview super pack cj one of the patrons a good friend and the host and owner of not only player one podcast but also SecondPlayer.net, who is currently on hiatus i think for the moment because you you've been busy making games better for people in general uh and i think we're going to be diving a little bit into how you want to make games uh for cfes but starting off cj how you doing man how's your golden glory weekend been
1: i am doing great logan thank you again for having me on uh golden glory weekend is going very very well i i think i racked up uh, like 1.5 million so far (laughs) So so juicy that's 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 real
0: good (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. That's, I, I haven't been, uh, we were talking a little before I started recording, but, uh, so my weekend has been just sherpering, uh, pirates through a pirate's life. I've, I've had a, a friend of mine who hasn't been, uh, doing the, the, the pirate's life tall tales. And it was Golden Glory. It was nice that it was Golden Glory because when you finish a tall tale, you get that eight grand. But with Golden Glory, obviously, it's up to 16. But I got to take a Mm -hmm. friend uh, through a few of the Pirate's Life uh, tall tales. And, man, I tell you what, that stuff still holds up so well. I still have so much fun watching people kind of work their way through the puzzles and experience it, especially if they're like Disney fans and they're fans of like the the ride and Jack Sparrow and stuff like ah. God, Rare really killed it with those first couple uh, Tall Tales.
1: Yeah. but You know, I haven't even finished. I haven't finished A, vi- a Pirate's Life. What? I've got uh, four and five still left to do. How? Yeah. In, oh, my God. <laughs> C- CJ. I'm savoring. I'm savoring. Four is
0: amazing. Four is like one of the best <laughs> Tall Tales they've ever made. How have you not done
1: four? I know. I know. I should go back and do that. Oh, <laughs> Too my. Too busy
0: raking in gold. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I know you're not a. I know you're not a lore guy. I know you love just sailing for the sake of sailing. But dude, the uh, the, the experience of four is is like on par with Tribute Peak for me, man. It is
1: really okay. It, huh.
0: Like the the fun that you have with uh, the discovery and working out the puzzles of uh, Tall Tales uh, Four for a pirate's life and going to Tribute Peak it's like a it's it's like they took the best parts of tribute peak and they condensed it into a nice little small area so it feels large and it feels new but the 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 learned experience that you get from doing tall tales pirates or a pirate's life tall tale four is like right there man and it's oh, it's such a it's such a good one man you'd have so much fun with that one Nice. Uh, <laughs> you were talking about uh, something in, in Discord. Did you want to jump into your feelings about the, the mermaid statue puzzles at all?
1: Oh, I hate them. <laughs> Just in general. Yeah. It feels like I'm trying to solve a CAPTCHA problem, right? <laughs> like, which which uh, position is the mermaid statue holding the, uh, the trident? In? Yeah. And it's like I can never figure it out. <laughs> like I sit there literally for like 40 minutes. Trying to do, okay. Now, which one is this? This one's the one that has the chains. Okay, this one's the one that has the jewel. It should be, it's holding it in the middle. That's right, and it never is. Yeah, it's never right. <laughs> so I spend like yeah, forty minutes doing those, and I, I don't, I don't like them. They feel like a captcha puzzle. That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah. Do, you,
0: do you? Okay, so if they. Would it help if they changed, I don't know if they'd actually do this, but it, would it help if they changed the color of the trident or or maybe if it had yeah. like a, a different uh, indicator to kind of like give you an idea of like it's in, you know, top is the red position, middle is the yellow position, green is the bottom position. And then oh, you yeah. kind of like give you a color kind of thing.
1: That would be much better. Or if I could turn accessibility on and this may already be in there and it tells you which, (laughs) which way it's pointing on the little, uh, key. Yeah. I would do that. But yeah,
0: that's a really good, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. An accessibility option that had a verbal, uh, and, uh, um, what's it called? Closed captioning to, Mm -hmm. to let you know, like it's in up position, middle position, bottom position. That actually is a pretty good idea and would probably help a lot of people that uh, either can't see it or aren't aren't clear about what it is for whatever reason. Uh, I I like that idea. That's a really brilliant idea. I've got two things to report today uh, to see if you use on their on their support page. I think I'm going to drop into the forums and see if I can uh, build up a, a forum post about that, because that's a that's a really smart idea.
1: I will support you on that if you post it. Okay,
0: I will do that. Um, we are currently recording on September 19th. As any of us who have been listening to the show should know, September 19th is uh, International Talk Like a Pirate Day. And while, yar. Yar, We were we were thinking about maybe doing this, but then I thought no, and then
1: I didn't tell CJ about it at all. So here we are. And you don't want to hear me talk in a in a voice for an hour no bad (laughs) podcasting so
0: (laughs) we're here to give information and share some stories not necessarily uh put on a huge play we're not we're not critical role i don't pretend to be i think they're great and they they're probably going to have fun if they ever decide to jump into a piratey uh D &D game which i don't even know we we have sea of thieves i would love to see more people do the sea of thieves role-playing game freddie prince has been slacking but I, I also blame Coconut Fever for that, too. Yeah. Uh, not to call him out on purpose. But we did get some news. Um, we've been having fun with Talk Like a Pirate Day. Uh, if, if Hopefully you managed to log in this weekend. Because uh, beginning this weekend, not only has Steam client been, ver- uh, been on sale for 40% off. That's been on sale for the last four days. Uh, ends on the 20th, unfortunately. So hopefully by the time you've listened to this, you've been ahead of the game. And been able to uh, uh, get the sale if you want to have the Steam client version uh, on hand if you need it for whatever reason. Also, if you log into the game during this weekend, uh, there was a free emote uh, during the Golden Glory weekend that it would be the uh, uh, accepting awards emote. Which is just kind of you holding a small little plaque that is, uh, or not a plaque, but kind of a little stand, and it has one of the masks from the uh, Reapers' hideout—that is, those ones that are on the wall—and you just kind of hold it out like a little Oscar uh, award, and it's cute. I'm not sure; <laughs> it's kind of That's weird. It's amazing. Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> it's 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 adorable. I don't know why they decided to do the award acceptance emote on talk like a pirate day it seems like this would be a great thing for like a jeff keely game awards event where they showcase like a new new thing and that anyone watching the game awards or like the dice awards would get access to this emote like it might is it crazy right. that it's like today and not like on a on on a, a day where we actually have like game awards or anything
1: yeah it is a little strange. Yeah, they should have timed that better. Maybe they're just prepping for when they uh, win Best Ongoing Game. There you go. Uh, which should be soon here, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, we're, the end of the year. November is usually when Jeff Keeley does his awards and stuff. I'm sure it's going to be a really interesting Game Awards this year because we've had yeah such a, a weird grouping of games. I don't even know at this point what what I would consider Game of the Year. But yeah, Best Ongoing, it's going to be tough because no man's sky decided to drop this huge settlement update (laughs) and i really i'm i I keep looking at them and i'm like man what the heck but we had a pirate's life too we had jack sparrow with pirates of the caribbean like if we don't win with having a huge disney ip added to the game and a huge content update i don't i don't know what we have to do at this point because this has been the biggest update that Sea thieves has had ever right So we had the emote. Hopefully folks got it. You've been playing this weekend for Golden Glory, but that's not everything that we got. We also got the Comicsology update where we had a brand new Sea uh, of Thieves number three Origins uh, for the Champion of Souls. Um, I know you're not huge into lore, but have you dipped into any of those comics or do they have any interest for you?
1: Not at all logan <laughs> it's so surprising <laughs> so surprising
0: yeah me. um so for fans if you if you want i'll let you know head over to comicsology.com. uh search sea of thieves or champion of souls uh you'll see it it's for free you can add it to your account you can read through it uh, i'll probably be diving more into that in another episode uh because i've got some friends coming on i think in october we're going to get together and talk about some of the lore and some other things, but we also got some news that season four for Sea of Thieves is not here. If if you're wondering, it's it's coming September 23rd. Uh so CJ, this is this is a little weird because it feels like we had a, a steady cadence. We knew when each of the seasons was going to end, we knew when each of the seasons was going to begin, and then Pirates Life came out, and it felt like we were getting a shorter season two. Am I crazy on that? Do you remember if we, if we got the full season two, cause I feel like we had two weeks earlier than it should have been.
1: Uh, I'm having trouble remembering.
0: <laughs> cause I remember uh, pirate's life came out. I think it was on the 19th of June that it came out and now, uh, now we're getting, right. uh, so in season four is coming out on the 23rd. So it feels like it's oh. a little bit longer.
1: Pirate's Life was June 20-something, wasn't it? I don't know.
0: I'm going to look it up now because that's what good (laughs) podcasters do. (laughs) We waste time on the podcast vamping so we can Google this stuff and find out exactly when it's coming out. Let's see. Announcement trailer, three months. Thanks, YouTube. That's that's exactly what I... June 22nd.
1: June 22nd, yeah. I knew it started with a two.
0: Wow, so we, we actually pretty much are on the, on the precipice of the full, the full uh, season. I guess I yeah. should have figured that out sooner.
1: Okay, I am surprised that we're getting it on a Thursday instead of a Wednesday. Really? Doesn't it normally start on a Wednesday? Yeah, it does,
0: technically. Because they usually mm-hmm. do uh, maintenance on Wednesdays. And yeah. then it's usually available. So that's yep. really interesting. Hmm are you looking forward to the the teases that they've put out we've been seeing a lot of uh a lot of stuff about the ocean and some songs it feels like we're getting back into sirens and then we got a trailer uh on the 16th that is essentially them kind of showing like underwater structures so yeah we got a, a new trailer how are you feeling about the the season season four teaser
1: I think it sounds amazing. Uh, all that new, it looked like new loot yeah. types there. Um, so that was interesting. And, uh, you know, going under, under the sea is going to be great. Please, no more mermaid statues that I have to figure out. Just make someone else do it. Make, <laughs> yeah. some, make oh, okay. someone else. I'll, maybe I'll have to do that. Yeah.
0: Be like, All right, you guys <laughs> Logan do this. will
1: play and you'll do that. That's- you'll do that part.
0: That works for me. I I would I will be happy to 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 take take care of the mermaid statues. You just have to fend off all the other things that are killing us.
1: I'm down. I'm down with that. <laughs> but uh, it looks like new loot types and new cosmetic stuff. Like I'm all yeah. I'm all down for that. I'm ready to do another hundred levels of renown because, like most hardcore players of this game, you probably did that a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> for season three, so. You ready think? to start leveling up again. How do you feel about the seasons? I like I like the seasons a lot. I think renown gain is a little too quick. Okay. Um, because I I feel like they did this golden glory as a sort of hey, if you haven't gotten to renown 100, you can, you know, start that now or or do that now. Um, but I, I I got that within like 2 weeks, the first 2 weeks of the season. So Yeah. Uh, it was a long sort of slog through the rest of the season and those events that uh, didn't feel as special, perhaps. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the seasons overall. I liked, I really liked season two. I thought that was well-balanced and well-paced. Season three, I think it was front-loaded with A Pirate's Life stuff, and then the back end has kind of been a little too quiet. Yeah. Especially it, it- with cosmetic stuff, so...
0: It's been really quiet on the seas too uh it's a sentiment yeah. i hear hear from a lot of folks a lot of folks are talking about how the the oceans are are pretty empty i think honestly the last two days were the the this golden glory weekend is the time that i've seen the most people on the seas uh and it's been surprising everyone's waiting They're they're ready to jump into the game but they just need a reason. And I think Golden Glory is a great way to do that. I think it's a fun way to to kind of incentivize players to get back on, especially with a new season coming up. It's a great time for players to start stocking up cash because, like you mentioned in the trailer, it looks like we're getting a ton of cosmetics. And it'll be really fun to see how much all of this stuff is going to cost, how much of it's going to be in the season pass, Uh, figure out what's going on with the waters and these, these different things. We got... And at the end of the trailer, uh, as we're going down into the water, which John McMurtry and that that team are doing such a killer job with these videos. I absolutely love them. It looks like we're finally going to be getting uh, some of that underwater adventure that I've, I've been wanting for a while. Like, I've wanted to explore the seas. I've wanted there to be stuff under the water that we can go check out. A long time ago, you and I talked about different shipwreck types. You know, I would love it if they started to expand on some of the things that we have in the game and it looks like they're, they're doing it in this case. And I'm, and I'm glad that they're not using the sirens as kind of a one and done event where it, yeah. was, it was tied to the tall tales. We see them in the water. Sometimes you'll get them around shipwrecks, but that's about it. I like that. We're diving deeper, not to, not to use that pun, but we're diving deeper into the lore and to the, that world to give us an idea of what could be happening in the future, what happened in the past to cause our future and how it's going to impact us uh, from here on out.
1: Yeah, the great thing about how Sea of Thieves has developed over the last three and a half years is that they've built a lot of things for tall tales and then those have sort of uh, come into the the regular adventure mode in other ways, used in other ways, like the ghost fleets and whatnot. Uh, and now we're seeing another example of it here with stuff from a pirate's life becoming part of the regular adventure world. And I think that's fantastic. And the only thing I hope is that those underwater locations are different enough from each other and that it's a different experience with however many locations uh, we're going to have to explore.
0: You know, that's a really good, a really good thought that I hadn't considered. Uh, it, it would be a shame if. If a lot of these are kind of like the, I I I equate it kind of to the gold vaults where uh, the gold vaults that came out, they were great when you did one, but once you did one, you understood exactly how every single other gold vault worked, and, yep. I, and I think the thing that I enjoyed the most about uh, both Tall Tale 2 from A Pirate's Life and Tall Tale 4, which Unfortunately, you haven't had an, an experience with, but just based on the, on those two, talls, two tall tales, uh, they are very different in how some of their mechanics work. And I hope that they take some of that learning and they're developing whatever these things are, which I'm assuming they're going to be little caches of gold for us mm-hmm, to gather. Yeah. It's We've seen the treasure. It looks like it's covered in barnacles. We know we're going to be going under the water, so I'm assuming that Whatever we're doing out there is going to be like an underwater vault uh, tied to the ancients, which is interesting because the the gold vaults themselves have had these tributes uh, to the ancients, but we know absolutely nothing about them. And I wonder if, I wonder if we're going to, do you think we're going to be expanding on more of that as we go along? Or do you think that was just kind of a weird thing that we added to the gold vaults to add like a special chest?
1: uh hopefully i mean that was a lot of fun uh when those vaults debuted i think my only worry about this is okay you're under the water your crew's under the water what's gonna what's happening to your ship above like you're probably it just just as people found when they were starting tall tale it sort of leaves your ship vulnerable um so i wonder how all that is gonna play out
0: you're not wrong uh just yesterday, when I was sailing with my friend, we went to go do Tall Tale 2. And when we started getting closer and closer to the beacon, uh, we realized that there was a brig there. And I I told him, I was like, hey, you know, I we, we could go there. But I think the experience is going to be better if we jump servers and start on a fresh server and check and see if anyone's doing it again. I was surprised that anyone was actually doing it. But with that in this, it feels kind of the same. It feels like there's a good chance that maybe someone has to now stay on the boat. Do you think like, maybe. Do, you, do you think this is where <laughs> we start going back to having lookouts and having someone stick around? Like, I feel like a lot of pirates on the seas have gotten so used to to scanning the horizon and having that instinct to go up somewhere high on the island and check around. But Without having a a set lookout on the ship, you know, you don't really need to with islands because you can always check and see what's going on and get back to your ship pretty quickly. With this, you're going under the water. There's no high place to check the horizon. You're literally going to be stuck underwater. And if that's the case, maybe it's worth having someone actually out on the ship.
1: That or you never know when a storm is going to come over and potentially do harm to your ship that way. Uh, it'll be real interesting and just like players have sort of learned what position ships who are doing vaults are in uh, potentially like if you see a ship on a certain side of Devil's Ridge or a certain side of Mermaid's Hideaway you can surmise that oh they're doing the vault I wonder if um, yeah. something like that will will happen with this where it's like oh this uh, player ship is clearly doing this We we can go over there get them completely by surprise they're not gonna know like they're gonna basically spawn into a bunch of chaos it just seems to it's gonna be interesting to see what happens when this thing gets out into the wild and people start playing it
0: it's true um i have a curveball question for you so i apologize if if you have to take a moment to uh to think about this so i'll try to try to give you some time here but how do you feel about content coming into the game that continues to take us away from being on islands where ancient skellies spawn? Because at this point, cool. I, I like that we're exploring the ocean, uh, but it's weird to me that we have a skeleton that awards real-life money currency equivalent for the game, and the more and more content we get for the game is continuing to keep us away from being on those islands where... That those skeletons are supposed to spawn.
1: That's a good point. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen an ancient skeleton, and the last time I did, it was on a fort. Yeah. Um, hmm. So yeah, I, maybe they could do a waterborne, uh, like an ancient uh, siren. Is that what you're pitching?
0: I like that idea. I I really hmm. wish I had like a good a good thing for them to to kind of uh, supplant the 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 land-based version of one, like, I don't know what that would be, but I I definitely feel Mm. like, like maybe wherever we're going, obviously where we're going is probably going to have to have some semblance of air or something for us to be able to breathe, to be underwater exploring whatever these things are. So Mm. I'm, I'm assuming that that has to be a thing, but maybe wherever we're going, this loot has a chance to award ancient coins. Maybe. I mean, they are called ancient coins. Uh, I can't imagine, I can't imagine that would be just for the sake of having a name attached to uh, a currency. I mean, they could have called them anything. They didn't have to call them ancient coins. But being that we're going underwater and there's big statues of ancient people, I mean, maybe there's a chance that wherever wherever we're going has a, has a chance for one of these skeletons to, to show up down there. And maybe we don't have to fight it. Maybe we just collect the ancient coins, but it's a chance of. I don't know
1: yeah i kind of hope so or something like the uh wonder mysterious box of secrets Mm. that i still haven't seen in the game (laughs) i know me, but uh some kind of chance to to get that in the water or on one of these uh sort of underwater tales
0: yeah yeah i i think this needs to be addressed because i Mm. i'm all for rare adding new content to the game uh i love it when they do it with story and i love when we have something unique uh you know a lot of people are kind of tired of of the the voyages you know they don't want to bother going onto the same islands everyone avoids you know old faithful island uh and everyone's sick of thieves haven so you you really are kind of running into the situation where some of the stuff that is taking us to islands is stuff that people just absolutely hate doing Mm -hmm. so to try and keep it fresh, they're adding this new content uh, where it takes us to different locations. And and I love that. But at the same time, it doesn't really incentivize players who are out there trying to earn uh, like small amounts of ancient coins for the sake of the pirate emporium. Like it doesn't really benefit anyone to do this content if they're trying to earn ancient coins uh, to give them enough to be able to buy emotes or pets if they don't want to infuse the sea of thieves game with their own cash
1: that's true but we do get ancient coins in this in the season pass right or the um renown system yeah we do and that does So at least we get some that way
0: that's true so yeah if you're if you're at least working on your on your season pass then there's a good chance that if you're doing this content you're working towards ancient coins that's a that's a fair point yeah so We covered Sea of Thieves, a new comic that's out. Go to Comixology. Uh, We know that the new season is coming on September 23rd. The trailer looks awesome. We were able to get some insight on what we're going to be doing as far as venturing to these different locations, seeing this new treasure and using the gold and doubloons and ancient coins to pick up some of the new cosmetics. But there's a lot of Sea of Thieves that has yet to be explored In a different aspect Um, and I'm talking about modes Uh, right now we have two modes we have arena and we have adventure arena doesn't have any actual um, development catered to it like they're working on improvements or they change something if something becomes an issue but there's not a dedicated team working on that and before we dive into what I think might actually help with that I wanted to bring up something that gives me a sense that that is that is going to be the status quo for some time because we got uh a new episode for the Sea a thieves podcast uh I listened to it I enjoyed it immensely uh c j you had mentioned that you had listened to this as well. what were some of your thoughts on getting a a third episode to this podcast that started back in gosh what was it April of last of of this year? <laughs>
1: yeah, it was great to hear from the devs again and hear all of the backstory about a pirates life. It did sound like they recorded this quite a while ago during the Olympics with some of the anecdotes that uh, the Dev team offered uh, during this. Um but i I thought it was a great episode. The best thing, the best news out of that for me was that Joe Neat talked about. Um, They're pre-planning for upcoming seasons. And as of the recording of that podcast, they were just about to go into a meeting about season seven. So very interesting that they're planning these seasons that far ahead. And he also mentioned, you know, the next few years of Sea of Thieves. So that also, as a fan of this game, gets me really really excited that they're planning years ahead. (laughs) It's crazy, right? Like, it feels like we just got a
0: huge content dump and they're they're talking in this podcast about and this was for anyone that's looking for a time frame uh i'm i'm guessing that this was some time between during the plunder games so when when they recorded this it's unclear why it took them so long to release this episode i feel like there was just a uh they were busy doing something else or they were working on things or it needed to be approved uh but yeah i, I was happy to hear that they're working on uh season seven already Uh, the, the couple key takeaways that I, I noticed was that Joe had talked about, uh, kind of upgrading the events and how the events that they've had for the, for the season so far were good, but they recognize that most people aren't totally satisfied with them. And Mm -hmm. I, I'm glad that they're, that they're seeing that feedback and I'm glad that they're taking that into account with future, uh, future events. Um, Additionally, I was really surprised that they are talking about how they're adding teams to the company and how those teams are getting more and more lead time with each season. Uh, Because I I think had it not been for a pirate's life and how much work that they were putting into that, I think there would have been more content coming to Adventure uh, that would have been for each of the seasons and i think that maybe the reason the first couple seasons were light is because they were really really kind of testing working hard long nights on getting a pirate's life polished for release in season three
1: do you think that's Mm -hmm. about right that sounds right to me yeah
0: Breaking news in Sea of Thieves, I'm Dan Purring, this just in. Reports are coming in that large numbers of humble and generous gifts have been found at the stone archways leading to the Sea of the Damned. Some are suspecting that pirates are attempting to bring these gifts into the Sea of the Damned. We now go live to our news correspondent in Puerto Dorado or Gold Harbor in Isla Tesoro, also known as Treasure Island, who's attempting to uncover the truth behind this mystery. Chad? No, I don't know how we're getting back. We're what? Chad here. After speaking with many of the high-spirited locals, many are unsure what the true reasoning is, but do believe these gifts are intended for one captain Red. While not much is currently known about Red, other than being the head auctioneer in town, many pirates have tried wooing her to no avail. While unable to speak with us live, she did have this to say. Thank you, dear pirates, for your loving attention. And while I appreciate it, I'm sorry if I've left you feel ghosted. Now back to you, Dan Purring. This has been your Sea of Thieves breaking news. Now back to the high seas with new bees. So, with season seven uh, being worked on by, you know, at this point, we don't know if they're working on season eight yet or not. Uh, do you feel like we're going to be getting another big drop of content? Do you feel like there's enough time? Uh, say, well, let's see, September is season four. Uh, so that'll be three months. So that'll take us to the the middle of November. Is that right? September, October, That's October, November, November, December. No, like end of December. December. Okay,
1: so end of December. Yeah, but I can't imagine they start a new season in December. Really? Probably more like January.
0: Okay. You think they're taking the time off during December and, and pushing it out a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think it would be... Just from a game development standpoint, uh, it's harder to support a game. Like, cause if they put a new patch out on December 22nd, let's say, then everybody's gonna be yeah. away from the hot for the holidays. So, what do you do in terms of support? I think we're likely to see, I don't know, a, a shortened season or some kind of thing like that. Or, uh, That's I'm a- just speculating there, or maybe they'll extend the next yeah. season.
0: I could see that, uh, I could see them pushing it out. It's so weird that it's. It's starting because they've got a lot of holidays this this time of year for them to see if they want to actually participate. in. typically, they have yeah. a a Halloween event. They usually have uh, a Thanksgiving event, and then they usually have a Christmas event. That's and right. It'll be it's really interesting to think like if I would be really surprised if they decided to change the renown gain during this to, to kind of take longer so that the events mean more when you actually go do them. So you're not just doing them for the sake of getting whatever cosmetics are offered during that time. I also kind of wonder when they're going to be doing Emporium updates for this as well too, because that tends to be kind of a big thing for them and Emporium updates generally don't happen as often during these seasons as either. We've only had two right. this season.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So
0: I wonder when they're going to be doing that because I can't imagine that they're going to go uh, uh, like a, like with just two updates. I would be very surprised if they decided to do one update that introduced the content that is coming in for the beginning of season four and then not add anything for Halloween in the Emporium mm-hmm. and they just had it all for adventure mode. And then maybe like one update in December or November that would encompass the the thanksgiving and christmas holiday season
1: possibly (sighs) yeah this is the first i mean this is the first year they've done we will have had seasons during this sort of busy time when sea of thieves had previously added stuff for the bilge rats and then the sort of gilded missions that come in december so it'll be interesting how they handle all that this time
0: yeah yeah, and if you and if you listen to the podcast, you you probably heard Goldilocks uh, on on from Twitter, who's one of uh, uh, the actual uh, devs who worked on a pirate's life. Um, having him tackle the uh, the season four and season five that was kind of kind of his thing. So George Orton, uh, who I remember is uh, just Goldilocks on on Twitter, um, he's actually kind of developing. See, most of season four and season five so most of his content is going to be out now and starting at the, what i would assume is probably close to the beginning of the year and
1: mm-hmm.
0: season five if if you're right say say season five starts at the beginning of january that means it will end uh around march uh if not april and that would be right around the time that we would be finding out if there's going to be like an anniversary update that's true. Yeah. So he's got quite a bit on his plate as a senior designer. and I'm and I'm really interested to see like how he tackles this because not only has he got Halloween Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas potentially New Year's, I don't think like last year we had the uh, Grog Manet stuff that came oh, in, right. So I don't know if we're gonna be doing anything like that to celebrate Grog Monet. Uh, or Hogmanay, uh, as the actual holiday is called, uh, and as well as potentially the fourth anniversary of the game coming to the uh-huh. to season five. It's just it's absolutely insane the amount of content that is potentially coming on. So you know, hopefully, hopefully he's he's got a clearer idea of what he wants. He's got a lot of really good teams supporting him in this. Uh, but this is probably going to be the busiest time for them and. Hopefully they don't end up having to crunch. the world to me and i continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you with that pirates let's get back to the show
1: i agree absolutely and the time especially before the holidays you got to get a lot of stuff done so that you have uh, um, stuff ready for january right so i would assume uh, rare is going to be doing a lot of that stuff pre-holiday and just like this year started with season one in January. Mm -hmm. um, I would imagine it'd be a good time to start. what season five at that point?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which means if, if that's the case, then they're planning in August for season seven, which if season six (laughs) starts in April, so April, May, June, that means that in August they are planning content for next July. That's right, yeah.
1: Wow, that's a long lead time for sure. I, that's great though. To me, that true. inspires a lot of confidence that Microsoft has confidence in the game, Rare has confidence in the game continuing. This means that the game has a long future ahead of it and it's a very exciting time to be a player of this game.
0: It has been, it's been insane. I, I don't I don't know, I know you and I listen to a lot of podcasts so I, I don't know what your anecdotes are on this but... Just from my perspective, I have been seeing so much more conversation about Sea of Thieves across the board from many different podcasts that don't cover Sea of Thieves, and it's insane. It's The, the Pirate's Life update has absolutely woken up the the gaming community to Sea of Thieves being a thing that people should take notice of. And I hear it in conversation about how they talk about how A lot of people are impressed that there's no uh there's no rpg mechanics everyone is on even keel uh you get the same same damage as everyone else you don't have to worry about level progression it's all cosmetic i've heard a ton of people talk about how great the pirate's life update is how much they love jack sparrow and the inclusion into that game and how the water is so perfect it's been crazy so now thinking about that and how they're already working a year out for content that's coming next year um i'm i'm really impressed with how rare is is just taking care of this ip because a lot of conversation has come out around should they be doing a, C, uh, a sea uh of thieves 2 should they be working on a banjo kazooie uh you know what what can um what can rare do with eternals and is eternals going to be or not eternals uh, everwild um if if that's going to be the the sea of thieves 2 for for the studio now that they have all of this experience do you what are what are kind of your thoughts on on how Sea of Thieves is perceived by the public? Like have you been seeing any of this from your perspective?
1: I've definitely been seeing a lot more positive comments, a lot of more a lot more people coming to try the game with the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff, uh, which has been great. You, you know, around launch there were so many comments about how there's nothing to do in the game, there's no point. <laughs> now you don't hear that anymore. And you, no. you I do see a lot of people on message boards and Reddit uh you know, trying the game for the first time and coming away with uh with positive experiences, and that's good yeah. um so yeah i'm it's amazing that this game that <laughs> didn't do very well on Metacritic is still kicking three and a half years later, and really no signs of stopping yeah it's it's
0: been great. I think the team has shown their their love their passion for it um the, this episode, I really wish that they, they were able to get these episodes out sooner. Uh, I'd love to talk to, to Mike and, and get some thoughts on him about uh, Pirate's Life, how things are going with that. So I'm, I'm hoping that that's a, a thing that can happen in the future. With uh with the, the season or with episode three, that's available out there. All you have to do is look on their, their main channels uh, or check my Twitter. I've got some tweets about that as well. Um, I love that they aren't saying uh, that the... Pirates of the Caribbean content is the only time we'll get Disney stuff. They aren't confirming or denying that more Disney stuff is coming, but they didn't say that it's not. And I, I'm, I'm glad because I think a lot of us have had some really fun ideas about what future Disney IP could be or what we could see, even if it's just little things here and there. Uh, from your perspective, um, with you sailing like with your daughter and stuff, is this something where... You've started to to see her interest with uh Disney IP coming to Sea of Thieves or or have you wanted any different IP from Disney to be put into the lore for for Sea of Thieves or into the game?
1: I mean, I think it'd be fantastic if we got some Peter Pan stuff or um some Monkey Island stuff, some more obvious Monkey Island stuff. Yeah. because uh, there already are some references uh in Pirates Life, but Um, The fact that they said they had options in their contract with Disney to do future things, whether that's more Pirates of the Caribbean or other Disney licenses, other Disney properties, I think uh, that's fantastic. You know, hopefully that this uh, expansion has done well, both for Rare and for Disney in terms of, you know, getting Pirates of the Caribbean back out there. Yeah, uh, my daughter <laughs> is is now a big fan of the Pirates of the Caribbean films because she's seen them because of a pirate's life. Uh, so I'm I'm excited about that for sure. Or any other pirate based IPs that want to come to the game, I'm fine with that too.
0: Is there one that you can think of that that you'd want to see coming in? I know a lot of people are big fans of uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Do you think that there'd ever be a chance where Ubisoft would be willing to work with Rare?
1: I doubt it yeah <laughs> just because ubisoft has their own has skull and bones that's are still around so
0: true yeah that's that's a fair comparison and that is that is something that's still being worked on i know i've heard rumblings that that we're going to be hearing about that soon but uh mm-hmm. you know it's still i think it's still a bit out but i'm I'm glad that they're still building on that i would love to see what a uh black flag or no what oh god skull and bones. black sales uh uh Skull and Bone, or sorry, I, I was mixing up my eyepiece there. I would love to see Black Flag come to uh uh Sea of Thieves. That would be amazing. Um that would be awesome. Especially with uh, uh Captain Flint voicing the actual audiobook. Oh man, I would love that. Uh but I I was thinking with Skull and Bones, I would love to see what a Skull and Bones looks like after four years of Sea of Thieves being on the market, uh given mm. that, that they were they were actually gunning for the pirate uh pirate game to to the end all be all for pirate games uh when they were both coming out at relatively the same time they pushed out and then have subsequently been furthering development on it but i'd love to know if they are planning on like a campaign with it now
1: yeah i'm curious about that too because yeah around that time when sea of thieves came out originally and then black or skull and bones uh was announced uh people were like oh well i was disappointed in sea of thieves maybe skull and bones will be the, the pirate game that i want uh meanwhile sea of thieves has become the pirate game a lot of people wanted and while skull and bones is wait did i say that right yeah while Skull and Bones is still in development,
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. These pirate IPs, man, it's it's uh <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah, I would I would love to see Skull and Bones uh, deliver on what I think a lot of fans of more gritty realism uh, wanted from a pirate game that Black Flag had, uh, but didn't didn't make the entirety of that game. They did a good job with the Assassin's Creed game as itself, but. A lot of people love the sailing and and going around and doing piratey stuff in there, and I think they just wanted more of that. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um yeah. Speaking of of Skull and Bones, Skull and Bones was was predominantly a PvP based game. They didn't have any story. It wasn't based on the lore. It was just they wanted to have a shooty shooty uh, with pirates and yars. Um, we were talking a little bit ago about different modes in Sea of Thieves and Arena. Uh, you came to me with an idea, and I, I really like this idea, but you came to me with an idea for a different mode in Sea of Thieves. So give me the pitch on what you think would be a good mode for, for Sea of Thieves.
1: Sure. I think we, uh, we had been playing Ghost of Tsushima Legends, which yeah. is a sort of offshoot of Ghost of Tsushima that's only multiplayer and has uh, different progression than the main game. And we mainly played the Horde mode in that. And, uh, you know, back when Arena was first announced, the team had said, you know, the reason for it is sort of that on-demand pirate action, right? They wanted to get you right in the thick of things right away and get that sort of Sea of Thieves experience in a 20-minute chunk. And for a little while, I think it worked until people showed up and decided they didn't want to do the digs or didn't want to do anything but PvP yeah (laughs) in that mode so uh when we were playing ghost of tsushima legends and playing this horde mode i thought like this could be fun in sea of thieves you know because we're jumping from point to point defeating enemies um this could be like imagine if this was in sea of thieves what would that look
0: like (laughs) You 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 pretty much did the thing that that always happens when you're a big fan of something. You look at something else and you're like, God, that's really fun. I wish it were in the game that I play all the time.
1: Exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not just that. I mean, I think uh, there's a lot of opportunity there because there are players who just want PvP, or there are players who just want PVE, and how can you potentially create? something in Sea of Thieves that would satisfy both audiences there and still give them that Sea of Thieves experience in a 20-minute chunk. And that's another thing that I think the game sort of struggles at is giving you that experience in a 20-minute, in a short chunk. Oftentimes, many of us end up saying, oh, you know, I'll play for a little bit and then like six hours later, look at the time. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
0: yeah. You're you're not wrong on that. Uh that is that is definitely been the the biggest pain point for me with Sea of Thieves is when I sail, I always want to sail either super short really casual don't commit to anything don't start up a vault don't go for for uh commendations or anything like that just go around look for different skeletons kill them get the small uh voyage out of that and then work uh, you know go turn in what little bit of treasure i managed to scrounge up and work on like a, a meg or a skeleton ship and i'm not a fan of arena uh, because they they took the mode, the version of it that I liked, and they got rid of it. They didn't just put it into a different mode. They completely killed that mode and and scrubbed it down into a smaller experience. And as a, as a result of that, the emphasis of fighting on the ships has been completely nullified. People just fight on the island. They don't do anything with the actual chest because it's just one chest. And... I just I, I miss that desire uh, for playing Sea of Thieves in a short amount of time, as frantic as it is, but going around to different islands, either attacking ships or trying to dig up as many chests as you can and turn them in, or sinking a, a ship that has all the chests and then grabbing those and trying to turn those in while defending it. And it lent itself to different types of players coming together for a short amount of time and and being able to really emphasize how much fun you can have even if you're not a sole pvp peer Like, it's good to have pvp peers with you, but if you're a PVE player, you still have a point on the ship. And I'm I'm bummed that Arena has been relegated to TDM. So yeah. what you're suggesting is something that we had a lot of fun with, which was a horde mode. And I love the idea of Sea of Thieves uh, having a horde mode. Um, so... I put together a, a small little doc document that kind of brings up some of the main things that I think would be interesting about a horde mode, like how it would look in Sea of Thieves. So I was thinking uh, right now we have the Ashen Lords. The Ashen Lords have a big fiery um, pile of skulls and you see the tornado in the sky. And there's always a bunch of skeletons surrounding it, kind of working on a summons. Now, the summons isn't actually a timed thing. It is just a cosmetic thing that they use to indicate, like, this is the spot where the, skeleton, where the Ashen Lord is going to spawn. With a horde mode, I think it would be great if there were points that you had to defend, say, four points around an island. It could be a relatively small island. It could be a, a wider island. I was thinking uh, for the purposes of this using parts of Sharkbait Cove cuz Sharkbait Cove is relatively flat. Uh there is some water in between areas, but you you definitely have a lot of areas that you can set things up, especially the inner circle has four islands that I think would be perfect points because there's something in the middle that kind of connects them all. And having different skeleton points, these little ritual skull piles in and around the island that will constantly summon skeletons. Um, at different points. And when we were playing ghost of Tsushima legends, there were four, four points on a beach and you, or no, were there four or were there five? I think there might've been, uh, f-
1: the, I think there were three. Were there three? We had the it was beach, beach, the ship, uh, the ship. And then also the, uh, camp. Right. Okay. So
0: three points. So maybe four is too much. Maybe, maybe you could just get away with three points, but hmm each point had an, an encircled area and you had to defeat the enemies that were trying to invade those circles. And if you weren't present, they would be on the point and they would start to capture it. And the more they captured it, the less health you gained uh, or, or could have. And, and it kind of accelerated that. So you had to go and split up or either work together to try and cycle from point to point to point and you always had to try and clear out those areas to make sure that you didn't lose those points because it was it was dangerous. If you did you weren't gonna have as much health, you weren't going to be able to earn as much experience and they would reset after a boss phase. So I was thinking with a horde mode for Sea of Thieves, if you had different points on the island that were these skull piles, and the way that we have uh skeleton forts, that every time there's a wave A group of new skeletons tends to spawn up and we just go and kill the skeletons, but it doesn't really matter where they are. They always just try to funnel to you, sometimes one at a time, sometimes all at once, sometimes with kegs. Uh, But how do you feel so far with with where I'm at with this horde mode?
1: I think this is good. I think uh, and I I thought about it a little bit differently than you, but um, similar. (laughs) so if you if you had to change
0: uh, any anything that we've kind of covered so far, what what do you think would be a, a, a another way of going about it?
1: Um what I had was three capture points on outposts. so the these the horde mode would take place on outposts instead of islands uh, just to have um, different locations that are easily traversed. People know the layouts of those pretty well. and You'd have three points that would have flags. Uh, at first, the flags are flying your colors. And if Skellies get to them and start their sort of ritual thing, like with the skull pile, they can lower your flag and raise theirs. And the idea would be to defend uh, the outpost.
0: Ooh. I really like this because I'll be honest, this was something that I thought Curse Sales was going to be back in year one. So I, I'm, right. I'm all for this. I love this idea. That's great. Um, Let's do some stuff on the outposts. <laughs> that would be fun. Okay, so a uh, question then. Do you think that this would be something that would be an adventure or would you want this as a separate mode that just happens to take place on, on outposts? Separate mode.
1: Yeah. Okay. like we We're sort of talking about with, uh, ghost of Tsushima legends is a separate game completely. Yeah. Uh, it has its own different vibe when, whereas I think some of the locations are shared. Um, but yeah, I would have this be separate and it'd be nice to have something to raise sea dogs, uh, XP with, uh, that isn't arena.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, uh, I wanna I want to fly with your with your idea because I, I like the potential that you have here because you, you have four different flags on the outpost. Uh you've got vendors, and potentially with a skeletal invasion, uh, or or even just like a phantom invasion or an ocean crawler invasion, it doesn't really necessarily matter which one it is, but I like that the that the idea of that can get messed around with to try and add some diversity to the actual enemies. Um you have vendors. Yeah. And that was something that I I noticed with Ghost of Tsushima, uh, in the Legends mode, there were altars that you could earn uh, Oni, I think, charms from, and then you could turn those into get perks for your samurai. Uh, yes. Are you thinking with the outposts that the vendors would be ways to either increase your damage with uh, weapons or or add uh, health or regen or give you different items? Like what were you thinking uh, would be kind of a, a an, an escalation for the progression for that?
1: Well, I mean, because Sea of Thieves itself does not have power progression, I didn't think of it in a way that it would add power necessarily. What I was thinking more is in between... Uh, waves or after a boss wave, the vendors would open up and you can use the gold that you've earned by killing skeletons to buy items that can then help you in the next round. And those are things like kegs or Disney sticks the the tridents. Yeah. Um, or what are mm-hmm. some of the other things? An ammo, a portable ammo crate. Cause here's the other thing. Like you could put an ammo crate in one location on the Island and then you'd have to buy portable ones for later waves. That could be really interesting. Like if you had to decide which, which one, uh, which thing you would get. Should you get a fruit crate or an ammo crate? Or uh, I, I
0: can see, I can see the potential there because you have uh, a weapon shop. Um, the weapon shop mm-hmm. could be the place where you refill your ammo, but you would also go to the tavern to buy like a fruit crate, uh, or you could go to. Um, Oh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see if you could build up anything that would actually act as like a, a fortification. Like, it'd be really interesting if you could uh, find a way to repair a cannon and that cannon yes. is is pointed in a direction that would help defend it. But the way that you had to build it was you'd have to actually buy uh, a, a wood crate and then repair the cannon uh, and then repair a wheel connected to it to be able to turn it, maybe something like yes. that.
1: Mm. Exactly. Exactly. I like that. I like that. Exactly, Logan. And not only for defending points with that cannon, but also traversal around the island.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true cuz you can use those as well too. That's a really yes. good idea. <laughs>
1: nice. It could be really fun, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I could definitely uh, see that. So, you've got four points uh the vendors open up between waves. Um when I was thinking about this, I was figuring like a 15 wave Horde mode is is pretty par for the co- course for, for most modes that I've played, uh, yep. unless you're going like unlimited, which I think would be really interesting. But I was thinking every five levels, you could have a different type of boss type. And I was thinking level five, you'd start off easy. You'd get one Skeletal Lord. Level 10, you would get a Flame Lord. Uh, and then level 15 would be a Gold Hoarder. And each mm-hmm. of those would uh like with the captains having maps you can go around we already can dig on outposts so that's already set there uh but having the ability for skeleton captains or bosses to either drop like a flame skull so that you can use that for the next wave or drop a map that uh, allows you to dig up a mega keg or drops the gold hoarder skull for the sake of uh having a, a really good cash and if you need to buy a lot of stuff or something like that but that was kind of where yep. I was heading with the different levels. Did you have some ideas as far as like your your wave situation on how you wanted to build that out?
1: No, I'm right there with you on that. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, having maps, especially on Outposts, which is a location you don't normally have maps, makes it interesting to like have to learn those islands a little more.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Definitely.
1: So- I, I love this
0: um, I love the idea of it being on an outpost because you could totally set this up as in uh, and, and, and so to kind of give anyone that doesn't remember um, back in the in when we were talking about cursed uh, curse sales the idea that I had was um, having outposts get attacked uh, it's something we've seen in the comics it's something that uh, we saw when curse sales came out they actually erected their own, uh, banners to kind of taunt pirates to come out to fight them in the different fleet areas back before they moved them inward to the central of the seas. But my idea was is that a ship would sail up and you... You had to deal with the skeletons that had left the actual skeleton ship that had docked at the outpost. Uh, once you cleared out that, the vendors would would stop being scared and go back and open up their shops. And then you would have to go and actually defeat the captain on the skeleton ship. Uh, and then once you did that... Then the outpost would open up, the skeleton ship would be destroyed, and then you would have to go deal with the rest of the fleet. But that was kind of the initial idea that I thought Cursed was going to be. I was kind of right with that when it actually did come out. But if you were to take this mode as its own separate game mode with, say, like Arena, this would be really fun to have you spawn on an island, wake up realize that there's a, a warning klaxon now that we have a warning klaxon out uh to signal each of the different waves kind of similar to a fort and you see a big dutchman sized skeleton ship sail up and all of the you know a gangplank drops down and all of these skeletons start coming out single file guns and, and swords in hand, and you're like oh here we go and that is how it kind of kicks off like what? Yes, that's kind of what I'm thinking when when you start talking about fighting on uh, outposts.
1: Yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be amazing to have that happen on an outpost? Oh, man. And there's a bunch of outposts that have multiple docks that could uh, be interesting locations for skeletons to show up at, you know, whether that's Plunder Outpost, you you have the main dock and the back dock, you have Daggertooth, which has, you know, an uh, array of different locations that skeleton ships could pull up two
0: (laughs) hundred percent golden
1: sands is is a
0: great one it's it's very wide and has multiple docks as well too that'd be a great way to to kind of push and pull pirates from different points as well too you've got a skeleton even if you go to golden sands there is one skeleton ship every time that is so bold he just strolls right up to that dock and and just just about drops anchor uh before turning off you could definitely have uh different points on golden sands outpost that allow For ships to come in, donk, skeletons wander off and start filtering through the rest of the outpost. And you were having to actually go from place to place to place and having the ability to purchase resources uh from the vendors between waves and then move those resources out like getting you know being able to purchase a rowboat and then use a rowboat to stock a bunch of kegs to swim or to row over to the other side of the outpost so that you can unload them quicker than trying to run a keg all the way across the the golden sands blog post because there's a ship coming in
1: yeah and then also we have uh you know, uh, fog and rain and different weather types and uh, different types of enemies too. Now that there aren't just skeletons we have ocean crawlers and phantoms as well like maybe they could get in on the mix um, so yeah. there's a lot of different options that you could even bring back the Eye of Reach skeleton uh, to islands and have them be part of this that could be pretty Ooh, interesting Man <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah Maybe that, but. <laughs> yeah you, you
1: could you could the interesting thing about this idea <laughs> when we started talking about it logan is that arena mode isn't what like a lot of people are like yes pvp more pvp that's great and a lot of other people are like well i don't want to play with other players i want just my team versus the environment and this sort of horde mode thing definitely uh satisfies that right and for people who want a harder more difficult experience you could probably have different levels of difficulty here on different outposts you know if it's ancient spire and one of the points is up top like it's going to be real hard to defend that like you're going to have to really coordinate with your team and it could be just a really interesting uh thing to to watch too yeah to watch players to take on now
0: you're, we're, we're talking about a horde mode right now, which is going to satisfy uh, a large portion of a community that want a PVE-only version of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I could very easily see this being something that is is tied to uh, multiple teams working against each other um, with a PvP yep. mode. Like, say you are a defending crew and you have three teams, three teams of pirates, um, there's uh, uh, two attacking and one defending and mm-hmm. you can kind of have that pusher pool pull where, or maybe even just two teams where it's two teams of four and you've got two pirates that spawn on one ship and two pirates that spawn on another ship on the opposite side of an outpost. And you have to deal with them uh, coming in and trying to take points. And you as a team of four have to try and defend those points and you have to try and like sneak around and you have the three different points to try and capture. Um, I think of destiny a lot when I think of like control, because you have... Uh, teams of I think it's either four or six and it it all comes down to who's able to kind of try and push the different teams into different groups while you capture those points do you think something like that has has a like is there room for for playing around with that idea uh, with this setup
1: I think so I thought of something different for pvp Really? What do you got? <laughs> I thought of uh, basically a, a mode that would set you and another team uh, around a skeleton fort. And it would be a sort of king of the hill type mode where the hill would move to different locations on the skeleton fort and mm. you'd have to control that area. I do from love that idea. I, and I it like would that. move. So it, it wouldn't be as easy as the hill is in the center of. The fort and you have to get there and be like, oh, suddenly it moved to the beach. So now you have to deal with that. And the other team could get the upper hand in that. Um, so yeah, I sort of thought it as uh two teams. One starts north of the fort, the other starts on a ship south of the fort. You sail up and see what happens from there.
0: So have it start in the middle per se, and then after a certain amount of time it shifts to a different location, and then hopefully. Pirates have killed each other and there's a staggering in how many people kind of like um, I think Overwatch has modes kind of like this where it's a push and pull with the map and, and the map is mirrored. Uh, sea Thieves, not so much because it's wonky and I'm, I'm kind of OK with that, but it definitely yes. feels like two teams come together in the middle. And then as the actual uh, match progresses, you start to shift locations. That's really cool. I like I like yeah. that idea that that's something <laughs> I, how do you feel about the idea of um uh something I've never let go of, which is the the idea of a, a point control with the beacons, where you have multiple beacons mm. and you have to light them, douse them, uh and the more time that you have yours lit, uh, the 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 more points you earn and you have multiple crews coming at it and each one has that could their be own flame.
1: Yeah, I like that. What if it was a movable thing? So the beacons aren't movable on those islands. Mm -hmm. What if it was a movable thing? Or like maybe it's the cursed captain skull that you need to (laughs) uh, keep (laughs) as part of your crew, right? And you had, (laughs) let's say, four crews going around Crook's Hollow. And you have to uh, defend basically this movable thing that... It's, it's get taken by another team at any time and held on to. And it's all about the amount of time that you hold on to the thing.
0: You know what that reminds me of? Um, I can't remember if it, I, I think it's skull ball in yeah, Halo, Halo <laughs> but the skull talks and it constantly yelling, Hey, i'm over here
1: exactly yeah it wouldn't be a quiet thing it would be talking and yelling so you'd hear where it was (laughs) please because there's no radar you wouldn't be necessarily be able to see so
0: yeah it's all location but god rare Mm -hmm. if if there was ever an opportunity for you to capitalize on halo infinite coming out (laughs) please when they release forge mode put in your own forged mode and make an arena mode that is literally just skullball with the cursed yeah. captain. And yeah. he- heck, even just just take that portion, just take uh, Sailor's Grave Town, and make that the make that the place. You know, it's all it's already set up, like it's already done. You don't even have to make a new mode. You just have to take that, yeah, cut it out. You know, make it into its own little mode, and and have the cursed captain do his thing, and then you've got different crews coming in. <laughs> God, that would be hilarious. I would love that.
1: Would be, that could be really funny. And especially in uh, Sea of Thieves, like when you're holding treasure, you're slower already. And I think that that was the thing in Halo, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing so, going back to Ghost of Tsushima Legends, they have a Rivals mode that pits two teams against each other. Thinking yes. about how that could be done in Sea of Thieves, let's say you take two islands that are about the same size and give two crews basically missions to do on those islands and race against each other. So you'd have treasure maps, you'd have, uh, some order of souls stuff and maybe some other things like running around the island, like delivery type things. Um, you could pair up some of the islands like Hmm. plunder plunder Valley and discovery Ridge that are within view distance of each other, where the status of what the other team is doing could be shown by a cloud, uh, in the sky. So mm. you you would know that they're on their second wave or their second, they've started their second round of maps. And I, then there are other island pairs like Cannon Cove and Lone Cove or Lookout Point and Booty Isle or Crook's Hollow and Devil's Ridge where it's like, you can see those island locations from the other one, but there is also no fear that another crew could swim over and interrupt. Like you're really just racing. It's a PVE race type of thing. So there's, There is, yeah.
0: Okay, so you're talking in Ghost of Tsushima. This is, uh, anyone that's been playing Destiny is familiar with a Gambit mode, where Gambit mode is, you do, uh, it's a race for PVE, and they have an opportunity for invaders. Uh, Destiny, or no, excuse me, Ghost of Tsushima doesn't have that invasion aspect of it, but I actually think that Sea of Thieves might be good for that. I think Sea of Thieves has an Mm -hmm. opportunity, because we do have uh, rowboats, and we do have um, revive uh, uh, ability. I, I think this would be perfect for a, a pirate legend theme, and it's mm. Athena's race. You've got Ooh. dark adventurers versus pirate lords, and you've got the two separate pirate legends uh, in their in their own theme. And they are pitted against each other, but it's whoever can get through the Athena on one island the fastest, whether you're doing (laughs) digs, riddles, you have to grab animals and you have to deliver them to a ship that's passing by or a ship that's docked. And once they're delivered, they leave and you take care of the merchant stuff. And it educates people that are familiar with the Athena voyages that are are so defunct at the moment that, that people are screaming for a revision for that mode. But if you take that, you stick it all on one island. You pit a crew against another crew on a different island, and they have to do that against time. Mm-hmm. And you give you give them each an opportunity to find something that unlocks a, un- unlocks the rowboat, and then a rowboat can then head over to the other island. And you can either send one person or or multiple people. But it's up to you because it impacts how fast you actually go about getting your voyage done. Other people can focus on that. If they have one really good PvP or you can just send the one PvP or to rowboat over to the other island. Once they're dead, they respawn on their ship back at their own island and they've lost their rowboat.
1: Well, yes. I mean, what I'm thinking more is uh, to not allow PvP to mm-hmm. happen in this mode. And instead, well, in, in a matter of saying, you could allow things like cursed cannonball effects. Or, you know, once I've completed my maps and I go and run and light the beacon or whatever, I send um, hordes of ocean crawlers over to the other team on the other island or curse them with something else uh, or they have an additional dig now on their map. Uh, you know, mm. the different effects there that can like stymie the other crew that are not directly PvP because I know PvP is a little contentious in the community. Like, how can we sort of open up the Sea of Thieves experience, this sort of quick draw, twenty minute experience, yeah. without allowing people to TDM on a beach? <laughs> <laughs> how do
0: you how do you feel about? Um... Like uh, so, so I like the idea of when you when you complete an objective, you can you can uh, make it harder for the other team. Um, I'm thinking like having a, a a cursed relic that when you put mm. on like an effigy, what it does is the next time someone goes to work on a skeleton captain voyage, that skeleton captain is uh, turned into a skeleton lord, and then they have to compete compete against a skeleton Lord that is, isn't necessarily as powerful as like an actual skeleton Lord, but definitely harder than a, in a normal skeleton captain. Uh, and, and you also run into a situation where, um, say like if you, if you find like a cursed gold hoarder coin, you can put the cursed gold hoarder coin into an altar. And what that does is it curses the next map that, uh, one of the other teams has to dig up. So the next time they dig it up, instead of finding the thing that they need, It turns into a message in a bottle and then you're added, you're asked to to do another dig and you have to try and find that different thing.
1: Yes, exactly that type of thing (laughs) (laughs) where it's a race and it's going to take you, you know, 20 minutes or whatever against another team. But you're not going to, yeah, you're not going to get bothered by PVP stuff while doing it. Everything is sort of at your own Pace uh with your just your own crew versus skeletons or other enemies that may spawn on that island.
0: I like the idea because it, it does the thing that I think rare wants, which is is quick quick um moments of Sea of Thieves. And and the thing that I think a lot of people love is adventure because you both get the threat of PVE and PvP. Um I love the idea that there would be a potential for modes that cater to uh, focusing on the PVE nature while still having an overall PvP aspect, like the the Gambit mode or the 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 uh, Ghost of Tsushima mode that you're talking about, where you're racing against another PVE crew, is is so interesting to me because I I love the sense of that competition, but it is a it is a different type of competition. It's something that uh, World of Warcraft has actually really embraced. In fact, I would say that World of Warcraft has actually embraced it because they realize that. A lot of the community love running dungeons in uh World of Warcraft but due to the level progression and the affixes that they have these mythic plus dungeons that they have uh are very sought after high tier gear and watching teams who know who know those dungeons really well, can run them really well, uh, they've pitted up teams against each other. They're running the same exact dungeon. They have the same exact gear. They have uh, whatever characters or classes they think are going to be best. But the as far as the power level goes, they are on equal grounds. And it's just whoever happens to run the dungeon faster wins the race. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is something that has become extremely popular with the World of Warcraft community because most of the community plays in dungeons. They do mythic quests. They do those the, that mode. And that's something that not a lot of people, while a lot of people love PvP, it is generally sporadic. Not everyone just PvPs. Most people generally do PvP and then PvE, but everyone is still in love with the game as a whole. And I like the idea of having competition sorted around a PVE uh, aspect of it that that doesn't necessarily involve having to kill.
1: Yeah. And then again, too, like I'm thinking in both the horde mode and the sort of island race um, idea, yes, you'd be you want to win, but also there would be rewards that you would get just for completing these objectives. So by doing the PVE stuff, you would still potentially be getting renown or um advancing yourself in sea dogs uh or even if you wanted to do another faction like a privateer faction or something that would carry um experience points in in these types of separate games right yeah uh could be could be really interesting could bring a lot of people into the fold that just as, as of this point you know don't don't get the game or don't think it's as directed as it needs to be
0: yeah there's there's potential with with having an open sandbox and i love the idea of everyone being able to find uh their own little niche of of what they like about the game and then honing in on that so many people do art so many people uh love doing hordes of of gold some people love doing the pvp aspect of it um there's always something that someone gets away from sea of thieves that that others won't necessarily like latch onto. Uh, so when you talk about bringing in different modes, when you came to me with this idea, I thought this would this would be such a fun thing to do to try and add uh, value to a game that at its base is potentially possible with everything that is in the game. But if you just had a team focusing on building out some of these different modes, uh, how it could really pull in other players that are not necessarily sold on the broad open aspect of the game sometimes having too many options is a is a, a a negative for people and they like to have more focus that's why tall tales did so well when they came out because it really focused people's attention on what you're going to be doing in sea of thieves instead of just going out and doing whatever so mm-hmm. I, I love the idea of a horde mode i love the idea of a, of a of a race mode um, I, I really do love the idea of even just like with a uh, race of legends, how they race ships and have obstacles and stuff. Um, totally. So there's, there's so much potential with this and the custom servers could allow for some of this, but I would love to see if rare could take some of these ideas and try to energize or, or, or invigorate the, the arena mode in itself um, and build it out to be the sea dog games. Like the sea dogs are all about competition it really has kind of died as far as uh i'm concerned as far as like what uh, what they wanted to do with it to the point where they even took the team off of it but there's so much potential there i just don't think that they had an opportunity to really capitalize on it and i think because it was a separate team they didn't necessarily get to work uh at at a higher priority than say like the tall tales Was there anything else that you were thinking of, uh, as far as modes go? Was there is there something that we missed?
1: I mean, I think there's a, just a lot of potential options here for things, right? Yeah. If you did a king of the hill mode, like I mentioned, uh, skull forts, but you could do it on islands as well. It didn't wouldn't have to be something you just do on skull forts. Yeah. Or um, that sort of hold the skull mode that could also be done on any island. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh I'd love could to be see a lot of fun. I, I would I would love to
0: see like the the King of the Hill mode move to islands that are large that a lot of players aren't familiar with. So mm-hmm. if if you did King of the Hill, you could do uh Old Faithful Isle. And yes. a lot of people hate that, but I, I promise <laughs> you you spend enough time on an island, you're going to learn it. You're going to be yes. really familiar with it. And then it's not going to be so scary when they come out in season five with an entire event that is solely based around doing stuff on Old Faithful Isle. And you'll thank me in the in the long run because you had yeah. to spend hours there working on this new mode because you had so much fun with King of the Hill.
1: Mm-hmm. Or up the ante and have it take place on a Devil's Roar Island Ooh. where there's of all potential volcano going off and geysers and things like this there's so much in this game (laughs) that could be capitalized on in uh multiplayer modes uh that are sort of snippet experiences of the regular adventure mode
0: yeah and i and i i agree with you i think the key here is uh keeping it to those little snippets stuff that is fun to do if you lose it doesn't hurt so much you can you to, to the point where you don't want to do it again but you want to jump back in because it felt like it was a short enough commitment that you know it's just it's that one more br match it's that one more yeah jump back in and, and play it again it doesn't have to be an hour long sale it doesn't have to be a three hour long tour uh you can have those smaller experiences and still get a a fresh feeling of of what it's like to play in sea of thieves and
1: enjoy it yep but in something like a horde mode or an island race mode uh you're not dealing with other players that are just want to tdm on the beach you could potentially like really bond with a crew of open crew strangers yeah. in that type of thing right
0: yeah yeah and it, i even like the idea of having just a straight death match um i would love absolutely i would love to have a a mode where it is purely designed for that you you promote it you benefit it you you uh develop the the tools around it and you give players the ability to craft it without necessarily uh having to supplant a mode that is intended for a different purpose uh currently it's it would be kind of like if um everyone decided on sea of thieves that they were going to completely ignore islands and they were going to sail around the big spire in the middle shooting at each other and that was Mm -hmm. all anyone and if you came into sea of thieves on a server and you didn't sail immediately over to the spire and start shooting at other players on ships and you would you would start getting harassed by other players it'd be like if someone went and just i don't know created an entire alliance and started doing nothing but PVE and anyone that tried to come in with PVP would immediately get harassed out. Right. That sounds familiar.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really does. so, hmm. why I stopped playing Arena. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I played Arena after the first week they revamped it. I think I was done with yeah.
0: that. Me too. I, I genuinely miss the s- short, or a little bit longer sessions uh but having the ability to to have the mode focused on the point of the mode um yeah. was the benefit there it was the sense of adventure built in with uh the the intense action of fighting over a, a an, an item not just who's better at understanding the game mechanics of like hip shot you know or quick scoping or learning how to uh, get around the sword dashes and stuff, or, or learning how to break through a block on a sword. You know, it's like that's great. That's that's a lot of fun. It's going to help you in adventure, but it it's not going to fulfill everyone's desire for what a short amount of a sea of thieves could be for people. And I think that I right. think the goal here is we're trying to build out ideas for modes for folks that want to have that short experience
1: in sea of thieves. And if you want to bring in even more of a competition aspect, you could have, like, uh, you know, specific crew makeups or um, guilds mm. and whatnot and compete on leaderboards for, like, number of island race wins or, um, def- like, defending the outposts, like, number of wins, number of skeletons killed, et cetera. Like, you'd really have an interesting uh, competition there, I think.
0: Yeah. Have have leaderboards for people who, who've been able to hold on to the cursed captain the longest. Exactly. You know, tons <laughs> of fun stuff like that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, CJ, we're running quickly, running out of time. I know you got you're you got about an hour or so before you got to record Player One podcast, and and I've got to jump in about an hour and a half uh, before I get into Cyberpunk. But uh, I I love what we've discussed today. I had uh, a lot of fun kind of building on some of the ideas that you brought to the table, and thank you for for doing that because this is this it's one of those times where last week I got to talk to Nafe about the the different. See lyrics that are the lyrics that we got with the different lore stuff and we got to dive deep into the speculation with that this was speculation of a of a type that i don't ever really get to play around with and i i had so much fun doing this so i would i would love if we could get another time in the future to bring more ideas to the table on what we can make sea of thieves into as as an actual game not just as a, a story being told
1: completely um, this was a huge amount of fun logan and uh you know started just out of a conversation we were having after playing any games yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> great
0: <laughs> um so th- if you guys want Head over to Player One Podcast. Uh, Follow uh, CJ at Super Pack on Twitter. Um, Join up on the Player One Podcast Discord. He's also got SecondPlayer.net if you want to get in with a community who is looking to try and and work the the marketing game of understanding what it is to be a podcast, how to make a good podcast, how to communicate with others about uh, improving your content as a creator. Second Player is a .net is a great resource for that and he's done a great job of building that up and recommending other people to different podcasts as well too player one podcast is is basically the it's it's the old salts of podcasts like there's a few (laughs) a few out there that have been going for the for through thick and thin of covering game news and in general conversation but uh greg and phil uh, are are great friends of yours and you guys do a great job of approaching the games industry uh from a perspective of been there seen it and nothing is nothing is really a surprise to you guys which is is so crazy to me because you guys basically you either anticipate it or you're not surprised that it happens and it, and it constantly amazes me that you guys can look at situations and be like yeah no that's yeah that's how that company is that's that's how they are <laughs> um but i, I love your guys uh conversation recently especially Uh, around, um, uh, what was it, Ratchet & Clank. I was was trying to think of what you guys were recently playing, and I'm blanking now, and I'm hating myself for it. But I know Phil's been buying a lot of Transformers. That's true. You guys were talking about the PlayStation Showcase. (laughs) That's what it was. We were, yes. Um, So that's a great conversation. I loved hearing your guys' thoughts about uh, uh, Sony and, and how they're doing as far as, like, with the Marvel IPs um are are you excited for wolverine in general
1: oh heck yeah i think that's gonna insomniac be... <laughs> doing a wolverine game it's gonna be amazing I,
0: I i feel like i need to talk to you uh later about how what kind of wolverine game you want because i <laughs> i didn't get to play the origins game and i and i so really wish i had uh, mm. and it's it's something i need to figure out how to get a hold of but um CJ is there any place that that you're at that you want people to know about that I I didn't get a chance to cover or I might have slipped no I think you covered it all okay awesome well um, thank you again for coming I appreciate you jumping in and pretty much any time I ever ask you're always more than willing and always very flexible with me so thank you for that I
1: really appreciate it yeah anytime this has been great awesome well pirates that's going to do it
0: for this episode uh if you want to get a hold of me check the show notes it's got all my social media stuff in pirates with that thank you i love you and i look forward to sailing with you on the sea of thieves button and we shall do it. We are currently recording recording, recording. yes we are recording
1: oh no weird flame sp- heart no if, <laughs>
0: it was like a weird mix between <laughs> Emperor Palpatine and Eskex and I didn't know where yeah. I was going with it.
1: You've been listening to a Robots Radio Podcast smart shows for interesting
0: people Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey, Simone. Yes, Chad? What would you say is your favorite bad movie?
1: Oh, where
0: would I start? But probably at Zombie Strippers. Oh yeah, which we've actually done on our podcast, Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. This is a podcast where we take some of the worst movies ever created and even some of those movies that you might have thought were brilliant, but still got a bad critic score. And we say nice things about them, because you know what? Someone put the effort in, so we're gonna be there fighting in their corner. Absolutely, Chad. Even if the movie was total garbage, there are some makeup artists that gave it their all, and we're here to recognize that.
1: Exactly. And with really fun themes every week,
0: such as National Treasure Week, Wedding week uh movies with jeremy irons and dragons in them how could you go wrong by joining us every tuesday and thursday for some optimism in your life and like we say at the end of every episode we love you and there's nothing you can do about it
1: we love you and there's nothing you can do about it
0: goodbye hey
1: there my name is jameson or big cat and i am brenna or mother goose and together, we are the hosts of the DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in
0: the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download.
1: And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim gyms.
0: So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation.
1: Good luck and have fun, everybody.
0: And remember, keep your goose loose.